This Knowledge at Wharton podcast was produced in conjunction with EY's Global Private Equity Center. For more information, please visit ey.com slash private equity. Welcome once more to Michael Rogers and Steve Samet to Knowledge at Wharton as they offer their views on private equity in Africa today and also on other emerging markets. Uh, Michael is EY's Global Deputy Private Equity Leader and Steve is a senior fellow and lecturer here at Wharton. He follows private equity closely, and he's also active in the market. Uh, thanks for being with us today. And since I have you two uh, here as part of the Brain Trust, I wanted to ask, uh, just to put Africa aside for a moment, um, there's a lot happening in emerging markets in general. Um, I, I suppose you could focus on China as one of the central things. Their economy slows down. Commodity buying slows down. It's hit Latin America particularly hard, for example. And, uh, and and other parts of Asia, uh, and of course the volatility of the Chinese stock market in recent weeks has well they've reclosed their IPO market for example and caused investors to question the risk levels in emerging markets more generally. So, uh, got to ask each of you to do a quick tour of the world and what you think is happening in private equity for these emerging markets. Mike, uh, we'll start with you. Okay. Well, you know. I- Steve, as you mentioned, it's been a challenging year for PE in some of the emerging markets, and part of it is that sort of pullback, if you if you will, that that occurred on this uh, on sort of the rebalancing comment I made earlier. A number of dislocations have continued to make the operating environment increasingly challenging around the world. I think the first place maybe to start might be Asia Pac, and you know uh, we've seen a marked drop in activity this year, led largely by the macro issues you touched on in China. And even from a fundraising perspective, firms that had focused on APAC raised about $19 billion under our count for the first half of 15, And that's about a 30% decline versus the same period a year ago. Activity, you know, similarly saw a decline. And uh, firms announced deals of about $14 billion, which, again, is about a 44% drop uh, by value. Uh, you know, these types of dislocations... Um, also present opportunities, though, as well. I mean, one of the things we're starting to see is declining valuations in China, for example. It had been an extremely hot market, uh, and that possibly could spur a little bit more investment in the coming quarters as PE tries to capitalize uh, lower entry points. Uh, But the IPO window, uh, you know, opening and closing, that's not helpful uh, for the the PE business over there. Uh, and they're going to have to continue to find alternative ways of funding themselves in that market. So uh, I think more to be more to come there uh, on China. Just the economy, uh, you know, is the big story there. In Latin America, you touched on it again, uh, slowing a bit. Although fundraising's held up pretty strongly, we've been uh, pretty pleased with that. A uh, couple of funds that have really, you know, been you know nicely received. Carlisle did a, a second. Uh, fundraise focused on Brazil. Advent had a real nice uh, over-billion-dollar fundraise as well. Uh, The PE investment's about in line with last year. The exit side is a little slower than I think most people would like. Columbia is kind of the exception. Seems to be where folks uh, are still pretty excited, and the cycle of exits is actually gaining a little bit of momentum there, which is good. Uh, Maybe lastly, I'll touch on India because it's, you know, again, uh, floats in and out of uh, of prime view, if you will, for private equity on a global basis. And they've seen a, a nice uptick in sentiment over the last year, uh, driven by the some improving 
uh, economic conditions and the uh, the election cycle, uh, which has introduced some reforms into the country. You know, fundraising is up. A uh, handful of large deals have been taking place, and PEs, uh, you know, investing uh, a nice amount of money in there. Uh, again, you know, it's kind of going sideways though in terms of size and dollars, but on a global space global basis or analysis that India actually looks like it's, it's doing pretty well. So, uh, you know, it's interesting on the emerging markets, and I'm sure Steve will have a good view on this as well. Uh, the, the interesting thing when you talk about these uh, parts of the world, emerging markets tend to move very, very quickly. And this year's leader can very easily be next year's laggard. And we've seen that on a number of occasions. Uh, you know, so the Opportunity set, as we talked about, longer term, we still think you know it is there, and this is really where PE should have a chance to shine, if you will. In many ways, uh, one other place that you can you can touch on directly is, for example, the, you know the private equity activity in Brazil. Uh, almost every economic trend you can think about had uh, reported negatively in Brazil in terms of interest rates up, inflation up, uh, GDP you know down. Uh, you know, just all the challenges, corruption that had happened there with some, you know, recent public events. Uh, and, and you could say uh, that that's a bad time for private equity to invest, but as I think we all know, oftentimes those can be some of the best opportunities uh, to invest, particularly with a depreciated currency. Uh, so outside investors, you know, may find the valuation levels that make great entry points into those markets. So I'm uh, looking at this from a glass half full, I think, perspective. The opportunities are out there, and you know, maybe uh, valuations moderate a little bit, and we might see a pickup as we, uh, you know, go into uh, 15 and on into 16. Yeah, the, the glass is half full, of it, in my view, as well. Uh, and uh, as Michael has said. Uh, things ch- tend to change fairly quickly uh, in the emerging markets. Uh, so uh, things that look negative this year can very easily turn around in the next. Uh, and only we can only tell over time if these portend more macro trends, and I suspect they do not. Uh, many of the private equity fund managers, general partners that, that I spend time with uh, – uh, in in all of these markets, and I'm thinking of conversations I've had with uh, fund managers in Latin America, uh, is that they're 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 afraid that maybe there may be some macro things going on here uh, or longer term trends. And I'm hearing questions that I never heard before. And Michael, I'll be curious to see if EY has picked up on this. Uh, they're they're wondering if they can still rely on the classic uh, Latin American investment hypothesis, which is that we will generate growth, we will generate returns alpha uh, on the basis of improving companies, uh, which is what private equity is in the business of doing, and uh, uh, achieve the gains uh, and multiples for our limited partners on the basis of uh, just doing our jobs well. I'm hearing for the first time uh, uh, speculation that maybe they maybe it's time to be thinking of leverage as a component of generating those returns, uh, which classically has not been the case at all. Uh, uh, in in other words, make up the difference between uh, indigenous growth and uh, financial engineering, or through through financial engineering. 
so that that'll be interesting to see, and that's uh, bringing the banks uh, along uh, for the, for that leverage is 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 a considerable challenge. So I I wonder if um, uh, if that's actually going to become a part of the landscape or not. Well, I mean, I might you know just Steve just jump in there. I think that the uh, you're right. I mean, historically there's been a very very underdeveloped you know, capital markets and senior lending environment in Latin America. I mean, it's almost has been non-existent in many ways. And I think, uh, you know, the natural evolution of the industry will require the establishment and the utilization of uh, debt capital more extensively in these transactions, because I think, you know, you're absolutely correct. I mean, most of the transactions that have been done down there have been done with uh, very little, if not, uh, you know, zero uh, debt and have been funded almost entirely with with equity capital uh, and many of the businesses are family owned and, and so they're they're enabled uh, to fund themselves through that that uh, mechanism but we will need a robust capital markets in Latin America to make that work over time yeah ab- absolutely and uh, uh, this uh, it may be a case where the private equity sector, uh, actually helps accelerate the development of the capital markets, um, um, and it's something I have my eye very uh, on very closely. Uh, one last question, uh, briefly: uh, Do you think that since we talked about emerging markets having you know stepped down a bit, uh, do you think Africa is going to fare better than emerging markets in general, or uh, or worse, or about the same? The if 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 we have the liberty of breaking out certain African countries, I think um, uh, several of them certainly have the likelihood of outperforming um, uh, other other emerging markets. So the continent as a whole, it's more difficult to say. Uh, but uh, cer- certainly the the rapid growth economies and in the EY report it was the graphics were beautiful in this regard, demonstrating uh, which of the countries had uh, significant growth rates. Uh, I think they they will outpace uh, emerging markets generally because there's just so much of a gap to to make up, uh, and the the demographic trends are uh, certainly. Um, supportive of of how that is going to work, uh, and um, I, you know, you you speak with young Africans, and again, this is not very scientific, and it's anecdotal to be sure, um, and uh, you know, multiple anecdotes does not equal data. Uh, there, uh, the the thing you keep hearing over is it's our turn, it's our turn, it's our turn. And that kind of human energy can carry things quite a long distance. Well, I think it's, uh, yeah, as Steve points out, maybe a little too early to, to tell whether Africa will outperform other emerging markets, but the potential is certainly there. I mean, if you think, it, it just you, you mentioned, uh, Steve, you asked about Latin America and how it's performing. I mean, despite you know, a little bit of softness in Latin America, and certainly you would you know, chalk a lot of that up to Brazil's struggles, They've they've out raised fundraised Africa by multiples, um, and and so it still is uh, you know let's say you know in its infancy uh, relative to some of the other markets, uh, and you know the region in many ways continues to suffer as Steve touched on early from earlier from decades long perception 
that is an area of economic stagnation or has instability, et cetera. And that's led to chronic underinvestment. Uh, but I think, fortunately, a new African narrative, Steve, Steve's really played this out very nicely, and it was great that he's just been on a recent trip there. I think the narrative is emerging. It's giving way to more of a rapidly growing middle class, the rising consumerism, that, that energy around it. And I witness that as well when I'm on the ground there. You, just, you hear it in people's voices that they're excited about the opportunity in front of them. Uh, and I think increased investment from both the local and foreign investors across the wide range of industries we've talked about is now the story. It's really driving the story. And, and PE is becoming an important you know, part of that narrative. And some of the local firms are seeing increased attention from global players and global LPs, and I think that ecosystem needs to be developed as well. If you look back at uh, Latin America a few years ago, we talked a lot about how having local funds that maybe put that first level of professionalization into an entity, and then that makes it more attractive to the pan-regionals, and then ultimately that might be something that would be owned by a, by a Carlisle or a KKR down the road. And we need that ecosystem to continue to develop as well. Um, you know, so all the emerging markets offer deep opportunity sets, I think, you know, as we've talked about. But I think Africa sets itself apart a bit, uh, you know, and I'd agree with Steve on this because, you know, many of the industries that are more mature in places like China and Brazil are still developing in Africa. So some might look at that and say we're, you know, woefully underpenetrated from a private equity perspective. And then on top of that, many of those initial, initial plays that were very successful for private equity in China and in Latin America are still there to be taken advantage of, if you will. Um, you know, like the telecom conversation we had, like the, the mobile banking, things of that nature. Still a lot of opportunity there that yet to be taken advantage of. So, uh, you know, we, we tend to believe that the Africa story is real, uh, that uh, while volatility will remain a big part of the African landscape, uh, you know, and it's not for the faint of heart, let's be clear. Uh, firms with local expertise, uh, broad networks, and good market connections, I think will have the opportunity to add value uh, as they have in other markets. And, and one thing I may close with here, I, I you know, was at a conference uh, in, in London uh, for Africa last October. It was kind of in the height of the Ebola discussion. And, uh, you know, one of the speakers that we, we visited with there mentioned that, um, you know, that Africa is a resilient continent. And if you look back uh, at the moment, uh, you know, that seemed to be the crisis uh, that everyone was focused on. But if you look back, the, the continent's really recovered, suffered and recovered from a lot of different challenges over time, and they've endured a lot of these crises. So I think that, again, back to the, the PE moving in when others, you know, might be looking the other way, uh, I think we'll see some folks that look at this and say that perceived risk is higher than the actual risk, and we'll continue to try and uh, make investments and, and do well and, and, you know, have first mover advantage in many ways in terms of moving into these marketplaces. I, I think the, uh, the continent is resilient and, and certainly has a lot of things in its favor um, over time. So we're, uh, we're hopeful and uh, you know, positive on the future here of Africa. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.